Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Dave. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and murder cases from across the century and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 63. Woo-hoo. 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 We do that a lot. We do. We do do woo a lot. Yeah. We're very happy. Stop, stop the woo. Well, we do it in a very lackluster, but there was much rejoicing. Yes. Ooh. Much rejoicing. Ooh. Oh, how are you, Nick? I'm all right. You're all right? I'm all right. I've got a drink. I've got a story. <laughs> Gonna have another drink. <laughs> You're raring to go. Raring to go. After you were a little bit poorly this week, weren't you? I was. You had to lie on a fainting couch. Yes, I did. I had to lie and go, oh, woe is me. <laughs> but then no one listened, so I had to get up again. So. <laughs> you were just yelling out the window, oh, woe is me. Yes, woe is me, everyone. You passing by, woe, I say. And no one stopped. In this day and age, if you leant out the window and went, oh, no. <coughs> Everyone would go, get the fuck away from me. This is very true. This is very true. I did take about 400 COVID tests um, just to make sure I wasn't <laughs> contagious. And, and they were all negative, I hope. They were indeed all negative, yes. Indeed. You didn't take 400 and they were all positive and you went, that can't be right. That can't be right. <laughs> just kept going until Absolutely. it was time had passed enough. All is well with the world. Any poisonings this week? I, I Well, say I have been somewhat discombobulated um, mm. with be, being that poorly and then having to catch up on podcasty writings and such like. So I have no idea. You just haven't had the time. Well, I just haven't had the time indeed i mean there's only so many things that one person can do and just sometimes poisoning is a bit further down the list it's always the stuff at the bottom you think i'll get around yeah, to it i'll get around to it get around to it and it's just sometimes it's just like oh couldn't do it this week <laughs> in the delirium of your illness you may have poisoned many people and not known it this dried perhaps i just don't know so <laughs> perhaps i'll find out one day you wake up in the morning covered in strychnine <laughs> with no recollection of the night before and a can of taboo <laughs> Does it, does it come in a can? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You were, you were going somewhere else with that, wasn't you? But yeah. I know, taboo is my go-to just tacky, horrible drink. I bet you they did do taboo in a can. I bet really? you. I bet you it was a short-lived thing, like a taboo in lemonade in a can, to really <laughs> show you're classy, to impress that person you're trying to pull when you're 17. Absolutely. I mean, taboo always did the trick. Oh, absolutely. Or, yeah. or if it wasn't taboo, it was 2020. In a variety of different colours. Or Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> <laughs> or Hooch. Hooch, the array of colours that you had of the Alco Pops that came out. Looked like a cocktail. Was fancy. Well, speaking of mystery poisonings and uh, questionable drinks, I think it's time for us <laughs> to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Well, thank you to darling Matthew Beaumont. To Adam St. Ledger Honeybone. 
That is an amazing name. This is a very good name. I'm very impressed <laughs> with that name and I want to steal your name. Um, and also to Jesse Walker. Thank you, darlings. You are all entirely lovely. Thank you, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Patreon subscribers who have had a lot of fun this week. We had all a cracking famous episode this week which was mm. oh yeah unbeknownst to me and started a lot of debate indeed i liked it mm. it was good to see lots of lots of conversation going on proper conspiracy theory chat lots of people with ideas lots of proper insights there and a lot of feedback on the thing i wanted to poison this week which was jeans that rip on juicy thighs <laughs> yes indeed that that did get a lot of a lot of comment a lot of comment about juicy thighs. deservedly so exactly well Nick. Yes. Are you ready mm-hmm. to drink cocktails and talk about poison? Yeah, yes. Or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. I am already drinking cocktails. So <laughs> I'm already way ahead of you on this one. See, I'm, I'm starting to learn. After 63 episodes, I'm starting to learn what you might say. <laughs> so I'm preempting somewhat um, what, what's coming up. So I've already got my cocktail ready. The, the the pre-cocktail cocktail is the best type of cocktail. The cocktail that you have when you're waiting for the other cocktail. Absolutely. Oh, I've heard. Now, I heard this on Off Menu this week. Americans may know this. Certain cocktail bars, you go and you order your cocktail and then the barman immediately gives you like a quarter of a pint of beer while you're waiting for your cocktail. I have never heard of such a thing. No, I hadn't heard of it either. And I think it's the best thing that's ever happened. So while you're waiting for the cocktail, some bars just immediately give you a little mouthful of beer while you wait. So you've got a little bit of an alcohol I, I can see that being an American thing. It's great. Because, it's yeah, which is a great idea. Because over here, people go, your drink will take half an hour. And everyone goes, okay, it's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll go and stand in the corner. <laughs> and doesn't kick up a fuss. I can imagine in America, people being a bit more vocal about having to wait half an hour for a drink. Exactly. In the UK, we should do this, but with a shot of taboo. <laughs> Yes, because that's always going to end well. <laughs> Everything will taste great after that. What's your pre-cocktail cocktail? I'm having a red hook. Because <gasps> I bought a bottle of bourbon. So actually, to tell the entire truth, this is my, my pre-cocktail cocktail cocktail. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> I'm already on my second. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Your pre-cocktail cocktail cocktails. Cocktails. Yes. Okay. It's getting very complicated now. I think some sort of chart is. is in order. <laughs> a Venn diagram of cocktails. So yay, it's Nick's story this week. Hooray, hooray, hooray. But as we've established, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we pick a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell that will flavour our cocktail of the week. So it's Nick's story. Yes. And this week's secret ingredient is... Is a star. What? (laughs) See, you didn't actually know beforehand what it was. So you're finding this out for the first time. Yes, this is a rare occasion where normally I do know the secret ingredient in advance. Because Nick was unwell this week, we're a little bit behind. It's still coming out at the same time. But so, yes, this is news to me, sir. This is news to me. What kind of star? Just a star. Well, like a, a celestial star. You, sorry, sorry a, a red dwarf star. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a specific astrological type of, of star? Yes, Andromeda, the galaxy. <laughs> one of those. Yes, the ingredient this week is Sirius 4. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a, a star. So bits of star Delightful. in our drink. That sounds apocalyptic. <laughs> or magical, you might say. Magical. Okay, or magical. When you wish upon Precisely. a star. Sparkly. Sparkly. Exactly. This has none of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, with a star as your ingredient, mm. inverted commas, what have you come up with? So we are actually having a cocktail called a star. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. 
Well, I expect this to be a taste sensation and an explosion in my mouth that wipes out the galaxy. <laughs> He's hoping. Hi, 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 expectations. Nick has, as ever, delivered me some secret ingredients. So I think it's time for us to go into our isolation kitchens and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Oh, Nick, a star. A star. A star. Doesn't look much like a star. It doesn't, no. It's a bit, uh... <laughs> but it does look particularly beautiful. It does look exceptionally brown. And we well, generally have success with the brown. With a brown, ready brown. I think it's kind of a ruby colour. A garnet, if you um, will. See, I, I hold it to the light and you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's brownie red. It, we have success with the brownie red drinks. But yeah, I think this is quite a lovely, beautiful ruby colour. It is a good colour. Blood-like, if you will. Funny you should say that. Hold on to that thought. Oh, good God. What? <laughs> okay, star, blood. What's happening? Who's being sacrificed? Okay, so it's a star. Not allowed to know what's in it. So we're going to have to just dive in and taste indeed, it. Indeed, indeed we are. Indeed we are. We're going to dive into the star taste of the celestial. Down the head. Indeed. Hmm. Oh, okay. Ooh. Oh, I like that. Ooh. And now it's different. That's nice. That is nice. But I'm pleasantly surprised by that. I didn't know what to expect. Now, full disclosure, I do know one of the ingredients in this, which I will disclose why in a bit. But Nick, talk us through it, because this is really pretty tasty. It is, and it's so unbelievably simple. Um, And it has an ingredient we have not yet used on the poisonous cabinet, which is always an exciting thing. So we are using Calvados. Woohoo! Love Calvados! For the first time. Surprisingly difficult to get your hands on (laughs) at short notice. (laughs) But I managed, didn't I? But Sinead managed the wonder that she is. I know a guy who knows a guy. She she knew a Frenchman who (laughs) had some Calvados. So yeah, so we have Calvados and we have Sweet Vermouth, a red vermouth. And some Angostura bitters. That is it. All just into a mixing glass and then just served with lots of mm. ice. Now, the recommendation with this one is it needs a lot of dilution because it's got really some really heavy hitting booze in there. So you need to have that dilution. So stir, 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 yeah. stir, stir, stir. And then when you think you've stirred enough, stir again. And then strain it into a glass. And it is deceptively simply lovely. <laughs> and goes down a bit too easily because I can see myself drinking an awful lot of those and not thinking yeah. it's just lovely and not particularly boozy. So simple Calvados, I absolutely adore or Calvados but it's delicious yes you could not find it for love nor money in all of the main shops in Canterbury but then I said to Nick while walking and having sent my husband to look for things and we'd all looked and there's this one off license well it's a it's a a corner shop yes it's also an off license that stocks every quantity of booze known to man. The, literally, it's a maze of the weirdest drinks. Oh, it's like 70 different kinds of tequila, but no good ones. <laughs> They've all been there for about 12 years and covered in layers of dust. I'm not kidding, Nick. <laughs> I was wandering along looking. And this is the kind of place where the bottles are stacked just on top of newspapers, above crisps. I was looking above the fridge compartment with the weird sandwiches and the, and the strawberry milk <laughs> and then saw something that had an apple symbol and it looked like a brandy bottle and it was covered in dust <laughs> covered and the guy got me down another one he went oh do you want this one instead the clean one and i almost went for it, it went that doesn't make any fucking difference <laughs> <laughs> Dusty, 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 dusty goodness. So yes, the dustiest bottle. And you were texting me going, are we sure it's all right? I'm like, it's Calvados, it'll fine. be fine. And it is, it's a delight. <laughs> yeah, with the sweet vermouth. I'm really into Regal Robe. They're doing a lot of promotion at the moment with Brew Dog, who have got a range of gins out. They're doing these sort of 
cocktail complexes. They're not sponsoring us yet, <laughs> but their red vermouth is delicious. It is quite sweet, but very thick and juicy. And this makes a delicious drink. Love it. I'm going to make so happy. Yay. The name is rubbish. A star. So I, I agree, actually. This is a classic one. This is in Harry, Harry Craddock's book. Really? Like, yeah, this is from like the 20s, if not before. So how he got that name, I do not know. Maybe it's just that it's so good, it's a star amongst the cocktails. There's a few things, like the White Lady was named after your woman Fitzgerald. Oh, oh, F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife. Uh, yes, who came in with platinum blonde hair, and that's where the White Lady comes from. So perhaps it was like some some like um, ingenue Hollywood star oh. that this was named after, potentially, I don't know. I'm making that up. It sounds interesting. (laughs) Or there was a meteor shower one night and they made the drink. (laughs) But with the star firmly, firmly in hand, is it time for a story, Nick? It is most certainly time for a story. Hooray! So this week, once again, we are delving into the murky history of the Middle Ages, where all sorts of unpleasantness takes place on a daily basis and no one really gives it much mind. (laughs) But our killer this week's deserves an extra special prize as one of the cruelest and most sadistic women who ever lived. (gasps) Oh my god. In fact, the Guinness Book of World Records has honoured her as the most prolific female murderer in the history of ever. Oh my god. I imagine she has a very nice certificate on the wall (laughs) or a medal. Just hand drawn, (laughs) yes, that she did. So, of course, this week we are telling the story of Elizabeth Bathory, the blood countess. The blood, the blood of the drink and the blood of that. We had already done blood as a secret ingredient before, so I was like, oh, I can't do blood. You just did a star. Okay, I'm I'm interested to see how this works (laughs) in. Still, sometimes I don't know what the story is and anyone listening to it going, well, it's in the episode, for God's sake, it's titled this. So my surprise is genuine at the time of recording. So Elizabeth is born in 1560 into the hugely powerful and aristocratic Bathory family in Hungary and spends her childhood in various castles that her uh, her family own or one of the many many estates they have throughout the country as you do as one does her father was baron george the sixth bathory he was brother of andrew bonaventura bathory who had been vivod of transylvania a title that literally <laughs> translates as warlord nice which is which is a good title to have really it is good her mother is baroness anna bathory who is the daughter of stephen bathory another transylvanian warlord stephen doesn't sound like a warlordy name doesn't it? it it doesn't have a lot of sort of terror or fear in in stephen it's more of an accounts kind of position stephen of the <laughs> warlord department but she is also the niece of a different stephen bathory um who is the king of poland oh, okay the grand Duke of Lithuania and a prince of Transylvania. So all round very high level fanciness going on. Now you may have picked up on that there's a lot of Bathory names going on 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 both sides of the family and they they did like keeping things within the family. Um, (laughs) I hadn't drawn that conclusion because I'm stupid apparently. Well apparently so. Oh they all had the same name how nice. Wait a minute. Well quite the husband and wife's family both have the same name. Yes from different branches of the family it has to be said but they do like keeping things close still in the same tree very much so yes very much so as a child bathory elizabeth bathory suffers frequent seizures Mm. and it is believed that these are caused by epilepsy possibly stemming from the continued interbreeding of the hungarian noble families wanting to keep things together don't let it get out the titles and the power and everything keep it all together keep it all (laughs) nine 
At the other time, these epileptic symptoms were commonly diagnosed as falling sickness, and popular treatments included rubbing the blood of a non-sufferer on the lips, or giving the epileptic a mix of the blood of a non-sufferer and a piece of skull. Mix it all together, and that was to be applied as the, the episode starts to subside slightly, and that'll do the trick and prevent it happening again in the future. And they wonder why Transylvania in this part of the country has such a macabre reputation. Mm, indeed. What, who came up with that? God knows. Douse them with blood and rub a skull on your face. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's bound to work. How could it not? Absolutely, yes. And falling sickness, I do quite like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just like, oh, I fell over. <laughs> It's like me and my fainting couch. It's great. It's me when I stand up. <laughs> now, some have speculated that Bathory's killings later in life were all parts of her continued efforts to cure the illness that she had been suffering from mm. since childhood. But many others see this more of as trying to find excuses for horrible, horrible things that she did. It is also noted that she, as a child she is exposed to all sorts of horrific events as a matter of routine beating servants is a common occurrence in the castles Uh and elizabeth is encouraged to discipline those who have displeased her and this is a child younger than 10 oh okay if one of her maids i don't know her soup was too hot or she didn't have the right dress out or something like that just all the beatings on the servants that's not a good way to raise a child is it it's no on one occasion it was reported that she was said to have been begun laughing uncontrollably at the sight of a man being sewn into the body of a dead horse what as punishment for a, of a crime um, his punishment was to be to sewn into the body of a dead horse his crime was stealing perhaps he stole the horse i don't know yes did he steal the horse or the horse's innards I don't know, but but whatever it was, she found it hilarious. I I mean, to be fair, I would laugh at that. I would be horrified. Yeah, I I can I can sign. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll give you that. It's just I stole a piece of bread. I'm gonna sew you into a horse. What, mate? Whoa, this is unreasonable on all accounts. It's it's getting weird. It's getting weird now. (laughs) Who came up with that? God knows. You must think the horse has been involved in the theft somehow. Perhaps it was a getaway horse, and the horse needed to be punished as well. The horse was aiding and abetting. Maybe so. They were illicit lovers. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> the horse was carrying his child. Something something unpleasant like that. When she is 10 years old, Elizabeth's parents arrange her engagement to Count Frank Nadesti, a political union designed to strengthen and obviously expand the Bathory name and influence. As was the style of the time, she was sent to live with her future husband's parents at their fancy palace to continue her education and also to learn about the running of the estate and things like that and how to be a proper lady and proper wife to her husband-to-be. She's 10. She's 10 at this point. And now Elizabeth is not overly keen on these lessons and she much prefers acting the tomboy, exploring these new lands, um, getting into trouble with all the peasant children and generally running amok as children are tend to do. But so much so, at the age of 13 she falls pregnant. (gasps) Pregnant at 13. And to avoid a horrid scandal, Elizabeth, mother-in-law-to-be, whisks her off to a faraway Nadsidi castle where Elizabeth gives birth to a child. The child is whisked out of the country, never to be seen again. There's a lot of whisking going on here. A lot of whisking. A lot of whisking (laughs) going on. When the young Ferenc finds out about this sort of affair, he has the peasant boy responsible castrated (gasps) and thrown to a pack of wild dogs. 
drugs. Jesus. Because he can. Well, yeah. Oh, he's defiled his bride-to-be, his young innocent mm. virgin. He's he's getting his revenge. Oh, God. Signs of a strong marriage to come. Well, exactly. The kid was probably going, I'm quite happy with the horse thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll go with the horse. But no, not to be... The couple marry on the 8th of May, 1575. She is 15 and he is 19. It is quite a spectacular affair, lasting three days. Four and a half thousand guests are invited to the wedding. What? 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 Four and a half thousand? Four and a half thousand people. The entire (laughs) of the nobility of Eastern Europe is there. Really? And um, it is, it is, it is, is a big or? deal. It is a big, big deal. <laughs> There's a lot of people who've turned up who are not nobility and just like <laughs> put a crown on. I'm the king of, of, of lettuce. I brought a gift. <laughs> Quickly get in. They're letting anyone in. They're letting anyone in. Have you seen the free bar? You brought a gift. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> Four and a half thousand. That's bollocks. I'm sorry. That's, that's, it's a big old that's wedding. bollocks. <laughs> Elizabeth's social standing is rather higher, actually, than that of her husband. The Bathory family is mm. somewhat more elevated than the Nancy's, Um And she outright refuses to change her last name. And instead, Frank takes the name yeah. Bathory, takes um, his bride's name Damn because straight. of the power associated with it. Yeah, you go, girl. As a wedding gift to his new wife, Natsley gives her his entire household, Castle of Kachis, situated in the Carpathian Mountains in Slovakia. <laughs> it is a, it, it still exists. The castle exists now. It's a ruin. It is a grim-looking site. Yeah. It is high up on a, on a mountain surrounded by plains and nothing. Mm. So not the most hospitable environment. Ugh. And the, the, this castle is transferred to Elizabeth as part of the wedding ceremony, along with Kachis country house and 17 nearby villages okay (laughs) the whole 17 villages are now her personal property and everything within them is now belongs to her Uh uh-huh okay (laughs) cows chickens people People. yes they are now hers in 1578 at the age of 22 french nazity is appointed the chief commander of the hungarian army he's 22 years old and he marches off to war against the ottomans uh, leaving Elizabeth to manage the running of the estates. Oh, this pesky furniture. <laughs> he proves to be a great warrior and earns the nickname the Black Knight of Hungary. His brutality in battle terrifies his enemies and his allies alike. Ooh. He is so vicious. Okay. On one of his trips home back to the castle, he demonstrates to his beloved wife a new technique that he has developed to discipline lazy servants that he has named star kicking. Oh, uh, so oh, am I going to want to hear this? Actually, probably Wait not. A no. <laughs> what? Right? Is this where the reference to the drink comes from? This is where the reference to the drink comes from. Okay, stop. Just scraping the barrel there. Nick. So, okay, yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> okay. Oiled rags are placed between the toes of lazy servants and set alight. Oh. Sparks fly off these flaming rags as the unfortunate victim kicks to put out the fire. Oh. And sparks are sent flying in all all directions. And it is said that the victim themselves sees stars from the pain um, inflicted. Probably because the the sparks are flying. It's like a meteor shower. They're like, no, it's actual actual fire. (laughs) Exactly. No, this servant is on fire. But it is a scene of great entertainment and much merriment um, to all who witness and Frank actually he leaves Turkish prisoners at the castle so his wife will always have a supply of victims to entertain visiting nobles what? Now, you know we need something jolly after dinner 
I know, let's get, a, let's get a few of those Turkish chaps out and do a bit of kicking. They say in a desperately English accent. This uh, rudimentary fireworks. Yeah, pr- set pretty a much. Set yeah. on, on a prisoner. Yes, set the prisoners on fire and have them run around a bit. This could be hilarious. A lot of the prisoners are being dragged out going, look, if you just take some gunpowder and you put it in a tube, go with me. It will be much better, please. No. No, toes on, toes fire. on fire. Sparky, sparky, sparky boy. Much more enjoyable. This does sound hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's grim and horrible, but in what a party atmosphere they've got. <laughs> now, during the 13 years war against the Ottoman Empire, Elizabeth is once again left to run the estates and is charged with the defence of her husband's land, which is on the main route to Vienna. Should the Ottomans invade, they are right in the way. Mm. And the, the threat is very real. The village of Kachis has been previously sacked by the Ottomans and other villages under her control that are even closer to the border between Hungary and the Ottoman Empire are even in greater danger and on several occasions Elizabeth dispatches troops to discourage Ottoman soldiers and defend refugees. Okay, fair enough. As the war runs on, the Hungarian economy becomes severely depleted. But Elizabeth and Ferenc are not worried in the slightest. He is bringing back huge piles of treasure. Every yeah. time he comes home, he is bringing back such spoils gold and silver from the places he's looted and all the prisoners are worried about oh god what weird technique to entertain people has he come up with now pretty much he showers his wife with gifts one of which is said to be a clawed glove to scratch the faces of disobedient servants okay oh yes gold encrusted glove with spiky bits oh that's very game of thrones isn't it it is very game of thrones that's very yeah. true it is very game of yeah, thrones yeah that's very joffrey isn't it they become so in- incredibly wealthy that they start lending money to the Habsburg empire to keep the entire country afloat um during this time of war ferenc natsidi dies on the 4th of january 1604 He's 48 years old. He has suffered from a long-term illness that started in 1601, three years earlier. We don't know exactly what it was, but at the end he is suffering from excruciating pain in his legs and unable to walk at all. He and Elizabeth have been married for 29 years, and during that time they have bonded over their love of violence and torturous entertainment. They have very much brought out the worst in each other, and they are a perfect match, it would have seemed. I mean, ugh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, ugh, but oh, uh, it's romantic oh, also. They, they found love by the mutual killing of people. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Now, while there is no doubt that Frank indulges any and all of his wife's whims and introduces her to all manner of unpleasantness, another more sinister and evil influence has come into her life. The devil. In 1601, a Croatian woman named Anna Darvolja enters Elizabeth's service as a maid and it's noted that Elizabeth's personality begins to change. Rumours circulate that Anna is a witch and while Ferenc had taught Elizabeth to torture, um, Anna teaches her to kill. Mm. Oh, that's cunning for a maid, isn't yes, it? Yes, indeed. She's going to know the reputation absolutely. of the couple yeah. if if you can't beat them joining. Oh, yes, absolutely. She's there just whispering encouragement, going, you can get away with it, do what you like. Perhaps even say, you get away with it, so you don't do it to me, do it to all of those other people. Exactly. <laughs> if, you, if you're tutoring people how to kill, then you're not going to get beaten up, maybe. So under the guidance of her maid, Anna, Elizabeth is responsible for the death of several servant girls when her disciplining just goes too far. Ooh. Oh dear. The 
the disappearance of these girls goes entirely unnoticed. As we've said, Elizabeth literally owns the peasant on her estate. Mm. They are entirely disposable. Any questions that are asked by families are quickly squashed by the overwhelming power of the Bathory family. Elizabeth, for all intents and purposes, is completely untouchable. The increasing stress of having to manage all the Bathory Nasty estates only pushes her slightly further to the edge. And soon what was just sort of nice sadistic hobbies turn into a full-time <laughs> obsession. Elizabeth has no shortage of potential victims. There are over 400 servant girls working in her various castles and palaces. <sighs> all of these hers to do with as she wants. Oh, God. So she's absolute power. Absolute power. No one can criticise, no one can rise up against her. Absolutely. And she's becoming madder and madder and more stressed. Yes, more stressed. So she needs some stress relief. Absolutely. In a very, very bad way. Yes, precisely so. Everyone's just going, why not just take a nice candlelit bath? (laughs) Absolutely, yes. (laughs) I've got a lush bath bomb. Have a go on it. (laughs) It'll be so much better. So much better after that. Don't hit people with the spiky thing. (laughs) Now, the the only downside of hitting all these people (laughs) with the spiky thing is is having to replace all these girls that work for her. It's, I mean, it's a pain in the arse. You have to train them up. To like get them to the level that they're making the bed right or ironing your frocks and all that sort of stuff. So well, don't kill them then. Don't kill well, you them. Well, you keep on killing them. Then you've got to spend time getting them up again, training them up again. It's all of a hassle. <laughs> so what do you do is you, you start advertising, luring young girls from the surrounding villages uh, with promises of work and money. Come and better yourself. Come and work at the castle and all will be well. Yes, I think this is less about them her hiring decent staff, more about I've run out of people to fuck up. This is about keeping the staff who know what they're doing going and just having a steady influx of new people. Oh. That she can just go, you're in the door, right, I'm going to kill you. Yes, the the established ones who have done well, like, okay, we need more maidservants who are shit at their job that I can torture. More more staff flow through at the bottom level. So on on the advertisements, no experience necessary. No experience necessary. Experience (laughs) discouraged, if anything. Absolutely. No, so as soon as they arrive, they are taken, they are locked in cells to await their fate. Um, And when Elizabeth had, had enough fun inflicting her tortures the girls are flung over the castle walls to be ripped apart by wolves (laughs) (laughs) is there a pack of wolves just stationed outside the castle you're in the middle of the carpathian mountains (laughs) there's little villages dotted around miles away it's all foresty and mountainy that's full of wolves that's awful and horrible i'm not denying that for a second but also wow what an image (laughs) if you survive the fall oh god there's wolves wolves are gonna get you wolves are gonna get you i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. 
Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, Elizabeth surrounds herself with a loyal team of sycophants who go to any lengths to enable their mistress's appetites. Along with Anna Darivolia, there's a washerwoman named Catalin probably a good idea to get a washerwoman on board she's gonna have a work cut out yeah and she's not gonna ask questions if she knows what's going on she's perhaps getting paid a bit more she's not gonna go oh look it's all bloody um she's just gonna crack on most washerwomen wouldn't ask questions i mean even in a non-bloody environment no they're not going to be coming out in the middle ages going there's mud all over this do you realize how difficult it is to get out bloody hell i don't know why they talk like that yeah <laughs> She didn't do that, and she survived. Yes, quite rightly so. <laughs> Clean this, no questions. There are two other women, Iona and Dorka, um, oh. who complete the team. Now, Anna and Dorka are particularly enthusiastic helpers, and they are—they seem to be in some sort of competition with each other, always trying to outdo each other and suggest more painful and outrageous torturers for their mistress to experiment with. Oh. Um, always trying to please and come up with something new and exciting. Teacher's pet. They're well quiet. Typically, a servant would begin with a simple mistake. Perhaps it was something as simple as a, a missed stitch in a piece of clothing that were repairing an improperly made bed or or even making just too much noise when going about their duties yeah yeah i can relate to all of that i mean the <laughs> I mean, stitch the stitch is fine sewing's hard but if i don't have a perfectly crisp bed or if i've heard you breathing yes and um, um, we'll find out how similar this is to Sinead in the next paragraph <laughs> what oh okay so if if elizabeth witnesses these misdemeanors herself she was known to leap at the poor girl biting at her face earning the nickname the tiger of cachis <laughs> which is obviously very similar to, to, to Sinead. she's known as the tiger of canterbury exactly yeah that is extreme that is that is, is yes, dial it, is it back a bit don't leap at people and bite their face off <laughs> those hospital corners are not cornery enough exactly. <laughs> Another girl who may have made a mistake with her sewing would be stabbed with long sewing needles. After sticking needles into the girl's fingers, Elizabeth would taunt her victim, saying, if it hurts the whore, she can pull it out. Now, the girl would perhaps naturally take this as permission to, in fact, pull out the needles from her finger. But no, Elizabeth would pull out a knife and cut off the girl's fingers. What the what? What the what? Well, she's not going to be able to sew after that, well, is she, Lizzie? No, not going to be able to do a great deal after that at all. Now, wow. servants consider themselves rather lucky to escape with just a missing finger or two. More often <laughs> than not, the Countess's bloodlust would take over, and the unlucky girls would be dragged off to the one of the castle's cells, where Elizabeth oversaw her minions in carrying out her gruesome demands. Pincers would be used to rip 
women's breasts off. Oh, whoa, whoa. You need to caveat that shit, Nick. With... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to get harsh. Oh, 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 I felt a twinge all through my body there. No. Mm, mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry about okay. that. It's not nice. Because it's all muscle. How big are the pincers? Oh, how pointy. Oh, God. Okay, fine. All right. It's not going to get any better. There are some tales of enforced self-cannibalism before the victim is finally dispatched they are made the the girls they are well they are forced to eat their own flesh that has been ripped from their bodies flay the flesh and then uh, have a have a have a munch on this other girls are thrown out into the snow where cold water is poured on them until they freeze to death i have heard of that yes i've heard of one of her techniques that's that's somehow uh, what's better god is that better well indeed is that better i'm freezing to death you're just going to fall asleep hypothermia yeah, hypothermia would kick in and then the numbness i think i would prefer that to being torn apart by pincers to be honest off. yeah yeah and then eating them yeah yeah <laughs> I, I think i prefer that another trick that she learned from her dear husband was to have the servant stripped um, and smeared in honey and forced to stand outside for 24 hours to be bitten by flies and bees and all Ooh. manner of creepy buzzy things that's weird not nice at all that's particularly that's not going to kill you it's just going to really really upset you it's going to fuck you up yeah it's going to yeah it's going to drive you mad yeah absolutely pretty damn quickly Ugh. now one of the more persistent rumors that has evolved around the blood countess was that she was known to drain the blood of virgin girls <laughs> and bathe in it to preserve her youthful beauty yes I am sorry to say that this is almost certainly untrue. Um, as marvellous as a story as it is, and if you you may know, there's a particularly famous painting of her um, in a, in like a bathtub outside her castle, supposedly bathing in blood, mm. which was done in like the 18th century or something, a mm. long time after. But unfortunately, it is it is not true. How do you know? Well, none of the servants who gave evidence at her trial mention this at all. In fact, nearly all of them report chamber floors awash with blood that they are forced to mop up. So it's certainly not being collected in any way. Oh, good God. I I know that sounds quite macabre (laughs) that we're all like, where is the bath of blood? Where is the bath of blood? And the servants are like, it was bloody everywhere. That's where it was. It was everywhere. Absolutely. It was all over the floors. Which is just much more horrible a picture. Yeah. But okay, so where did the bath rumor come from then i think it was it was was just a mixture of folklore there's also the thing that to dispose of some of these bodies Mm. that had been naturally drained of blood as part of her process they were flung into fields and over walls and stuff like that and then when they were found by villagers and things they were uh, drained of blood which on one thing led to rumors of vampires yes um which are very prevalent in that part of the world and lots of people assume that elizabeth bathory was a vampire absolutely and and another thing that came up was that well she must have been taking the blood for herself so i think that is where these rumors started and then were just developed in folklore and gossip because there's a lot of gossip about previous queens and famous noble women who bathe in all sorts of tinctures and lotions Absolutely. and asses milk for cleopatra to keep their youthful complexion so they just upgraded yeah she just used blood yeah indeed so unfortunately it doesn't appear to be it doesn't appear to be true that particular i mean she did many 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 other terrible horrible things but just not that one thing not that I, one I, I think we no one's wishing that she did it's just, <laughs> <laughs> we're all just kind of oh that wasn't on there that was seemed more practical as a use rather than her just <laughs> just killing wantonly 
Yeah. We can all do crazy things for our beauty regime. Well, quite, as mm. I often do. Rumours of what was going on at the castle are spreading far and wide, but nothing can be done to stop it. Peasants, they cannot bring charges against nobles. No. There is no method for them to do that. And any rumours that they might, they might start spreading or accusations they may make are met with swift and severe repercussions. There are even some reports, again how true this is I don't know, there are some reports of desperate or unscrupulous parents selling their children into service at the castle, <gasps> knowing full well what would become of them, but a cash lump sum was far more appealing to them than yet another daughter that they had to marry off somewhere. Oh my god. God. Now that could be an apocryphal aside, I don't know, but it's come up in a in a couple of the the versions, couple of the histories that I've read. Well, it has been mentioned, so if you curry favour with the madwoman in the same way that the servants are going, Yes, use these horrible torture techniques so they won't be punished themselves. The villagers going, Well, we need to survive. We could always have more children, apparently. Oh my god, that's horrible. But also if you complain as you said, who are you going to complain to? And yeah. the rumours get back to the castle, you're next on the list, surely? Yeah, the, at the very worst, you're out on your ear, you're you're exiled from the village, you're, mm. you're kicked out. Sorry, at the very least, you're exiled from the village. Mm. At the very worst, you're, you're dead. Yeah, you're called up to the castle for duty. So what are you going to do? Yeah, that's a stressful, stressful village. Oh, it's not, not a fun place to live, I would imagine. <laughs> In 1609, Elizabeth's closest confidant, Anna Daliev, dies of a stroke. Now, with all Elizabeth's children grown and married, the Countess falls into a a spiral of loneliness um, and despair. She's now in the castle, surrounded by servants, but no one she can confide in or talk to, and she is entirely miserable. It's it's interesting that she's so attached to her. I know she's been her confidant, I know she's been telling her things to do, but to fall into that much of a state of depression for someone who treats human life so wantonly or carelessly... Perhaps it's, it's the only person person that she can confide in yeah they had some sort of very special they have they have this very special bond and obviously i mean anna has also has been the one to perhaps encourage or say to Mm. elizabeth it's okay to do these things you can get away with it yeah if she's got that psychotic nature she's being encouraged and told that it's right so she's been really become almost like a mentor perhaps even to (sighs) to elizabeth to encourage her um so she takes it really hard and perhaps without anna's guiding hand the countess slips further into her madness she decides now that peasants are not even worth the time it takes to torture and kill them they are so far beneath her she needs an altogether better class of victim (laughs) the peasants are all going yay (laughs) absolutely (laughs) it's not us now her new steward Ezrizi Marajova knows exactly how to resolve both these issues and she has an ingenious and cunning plan at castle Cachis, elizabeth opens a finishing school for young noble women. It is the perfect cover for her to continue her torturous ways, but with an altogether better class of victim. And what's even better is that they're paying to be there. So win-win for Elizabeth. (laughs) I need to generate an income, but still kill people. Hmm. Hmm. So, I mean, where Elizabeth is finding these stewards and maids, I I do not know. Because she certainly picked a a few good ones um, recently. I I think they're desperate. They all get together after she's gone to sleep going, okay, what crazy shit can we come up with that she doesn't kill us? Okay, we'll start a school. Go with me on this one. We'll start a school for adults. We'll call it a finishing school because they're finished, quite frankly. (laughs) 
Yes, good, I like that. Now, the, the Countess's hunger and her madness blind her to the real danger she is putting herself in now. Unlike the families of peasant girls, the aristocratic families of these young women <laughs> are not simply going to sit by and ignore what's going mm. on. And soon the parents come knocking. The excuses from Elizabeth come thick and fast. Their daughter was taking a leisurely stroll acro- across the battlements and tripped and fell over the wall. Tragic, As you do. tragic, tragic accident. As you do. Battlements are very dangerous places. They're dangerous places to be, mm-hmm. absolutely. One of her other ones was that um, one of the girls had gone crazy and killed all the others <laughs> and then committed suicide. <laughs> that is a very convenient, good explanation. It is very, very convenient. One of them convenient. went mental, killed everyone, ate them and then killed herself and ate herself. Yes, it's all good. Now, unsurprisingly, they weren't entirely convinced. No. But she is still from this incredibly powerful family and to move against her is going to rouse the fury of the whole extended Bathory family, which is uh, not something you want to go up against. The, the family in the distance may well have been appalled about what what Elizabeth is, is doing, but they have a name to protect. They're not going to let it be besmirched yes. by these accusations. Now, eventually, some of the aristocratic families of these missing girls appeal directly to the king, um, Matthias II. He, too, has heard these unsettling rumours about the countess and decides to mount an investigation. The king, it turns out, has a slight ulterior motive for wanting Elizabeth out of the way. If she is found guilty, then all of the debts that the king owes the Bathory family from all their loans during the war are written off. They are null and void. What's more, he would be able to seize all the Bathory Nadsidi estates for himself because she is a convicted criminal. Perfect. So therefore, he can take everything. Great get out of jail free for the king. Scapegoat. So it is quite likely that the king acts out of entirely economic reasons rather than moral ones. But nonetheless, an investigation is launched. The investigation is put into the hands of the king's highest representative, a Count Thurzo. Now, Thurzo has actually been a close friend of Elizabeth's husband, Frank, and has even promised on Frank's deathbed to keep an eye out for Elizabeth and make sure she is safe and looked after. He arrives in Cachis and starts to making his inquiries, but what he finds does not bode well. <laughs> he finds servants who have managed to survive working at the castle, who tell stories of terrible screams, blood-drenched walls that they are ordered to clean. <sighs> they point out the bursting cemetery and the castle courtyard. But none of these people are an actual eyewitness to torture. Right. They see the, the aftermath yeah. of the of the unpleasantness, but nothing, no one actually sees exactly what's going on. But the sheer number of stories entirely convince Thurzo that Elizabeth is indeed guilty of these terrible, terrible things. Mm. But he feels awful because he has made this promise to his dear friend on his deathbed. Mm to keep an eye out for Elizabeth and keep her safe. So he's in a bit of a quandary. What do I do? He <laughs> decides to write to Elizabeth's children, okay. asking them for what, what What do we need to do? What do you want me to do? Interesting tactic. Okay. They all agree in secret, away from the king, that Elizabeth can never be brought to trial. It would be best if Elizabeth were to, to quietly disappear but she cannot be put on the stand it's unwise she'd kill everyone when she was in the courtroom (laughs) she'd kill the stand she'd just be happy at that none of her own children proclaim her innocence okay they all just accept her guilt but say no we need to manage it carefully you can imagine the terrible things they have seen growing up in that castle there's no way that they don't know what she's been doing the fact that we haven't mentioned kids until now I mean she had kids they must have been subjected to some horrible things seen terrible things seen terrible terrible things they know what their mum's up to and their father's been up to so they are probably going out of 
loyalty. Let's just manage this quietly manage this and internally. We'll, we'll do it internally. We'll keep it in-house. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. On New Year's Eve 1610, Count Thurzo returns to the castle with armed guards. He is chosen to act at Christmas as the Hungarian parliament is not in session and the Count can control everything himself without interference from outside. That's a good idea. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a clever man. Oh, clever man. They force themselves into the entrance hall and they immediately notice the mutilated body of a young girl <gasps> near the doorway. Two more bodies are found nearby. The Countess is obviously not expecting company this evening, so has just left a few bodies She's lying around the place. She's just to pieces. It's New Year's Eve. You're going to have a bit of party. a party. Yeah. It's a party time. <laughs> you got to have something fun to do on New Year's Eve. I'm also imagining the armed guards walking in and some comical scene of them all just slipping and uh, on the blood. <laughs> Stand up, man. I can't. <laughs> With a servant just scrubbing away in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> I just cleaned that. <laughs> Tripping over corpses, hitting each other with limbs. They follow the piercing screams. <laughs> and the Count and his men make their way down to the cells, where Elizabeth's torture team are caught in the act. Now, it is unclear if Thurso actually catches the the Countess herself there, but her involvement is undeniable. Mm. This would not be going on without her express permission. And she is thrown into one of her own cells. Under questioning, polite nice questioning not the spiky questioning that we're used to at this time she is a countess after all she immediately blames everything on her servants of course and the influence of her dead husband who was not a nice man it's all their fault count thurzo keeps his word and the tiger of kachis never stands trial for her crimes despite the king's protestations he has now become aware that all this has happened and he's going no i want her on the i want her on trial because i want her stuff the count successfully argues in court that if they were to try elizabeth herself it would be a blot on the honor of the natsidi and bathory families and a trauma for the whole of the hungarian nobility oh, fuck off. and the court go yes oh, we quite agree absolutely oh. i'm sure there was some cash involved in that decision <laughs> but he gets away with it and it is successful and she's never forced to stand trial the Good servants God. iona dorka and Erzi, are all tried obviously they're they are but peasants and found very 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 guilty it is believed that through them elizabeth bathory was responsible for the deaths of 650 girls it is a terrifying, terrifying number. I think the bastardometry has just blown It just the roof blown off. up. <laughs> Exploded like a star. And despite the murmurings of witchcraft, the church officials have also been bribed to waive their right to question the accused, again denying the king his opportunity to get Elizabeth on on trial herself. Yeah. The servants have their fingers torn out with oh, red hot oh, tongs. Oh, come on. <laughs> I like just throwing those things at you. Yeah. Bah! <laughs> And then they themselves are thrown onto the bonfire in the castle grounds. I mean, it comes out at the trial that Elizabeth is not just using her castle for these atrocities. uh, She also has a mansion in the centre of Vienna, near the royal palace, like you do. And the monks from a nearby monastery testify that they would often hear the screams of girls being tortured and would hurl their incense pots at the windows in protest. (laughs) And if you can't trust a monk, 
who can you trust? That's going to do a lot, isn't it? But <laughs> you're a monk. You don't have a lot to throw. I threw my incense pot at the window. It showed them. Yeah. I registered my complaint through incense. Oh, Knock on the damn door. Call yeah. the police. Anything. Threw a bit of incense. Ran threw a bit away. of incense. Oh, God. The horrors at the Summer Palace. Jesus. Yes. Elizabeth did not get away scot-free, though. Hooray. Her children band together and sentence her to life imprisonment she is to be confined in one of her own cells in the castle never to see the light of day again really on the 21st of august 1614 so we're looking about five years after her supposed trial elizabeth complains to a guard that her hands are cold he tells her to lie down and get some sleep she does and she never wakes up from cold hand death. from cold death cold handly death she is buried in the castle cemetery um, but it causes such an uproar amongst the locals that this monster should be buried amidst many of her own victims that her body is spirited away by the yeah. Bathory family and taken to the family crypt however when the crypt is opened in 1995 mm. the corpse of the blood countess <gasps> is nowhere to be seen vanished no so that is the terrifying story of Elizabeth Bathory, the Blood Countess. One I've wanted to do for so long because I love this story. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. You did it justice, Nick. A brilliant story and great history and great detail in there. Oh, what a great account of an incredible story. Elizabeth Bathory. Indeed. I've heard stories about Elizabeth Bathory. I mean, we all have. That was a brilliant account. There's so many details in there I hadn't heard of. Sure. She just has this level of fascination. Growing up, I heard the rumours. I, I always say rumours. Rumours aren't true. Heard the no. legends. <laughs> I heard the legends. The legends. Because I was like, the theories. That's not true either. But the legends mm. about Elizabeth Bathory was a vampiress that she was drinking the blood of the innocent and then the the stories about the blood baths as well to preserve her youth i really interesting that her family imprisoned her in the end did did they did they yeah really? i think i think they did because yeah. they they had to contain her i mean because she's crazy because she's crazy. crazy if she continued there would have been an uprising there's no way they could have protected they could her. not have carried on like it was it would have reached ahead yeah. she was going after noble victims and soon enough those other noble families would have banded together and probably wiped out all of the batteries so mm. they had to put a stop to her but they couldn't put her on trial because if they did then they lose the land they lose the power um, behind it so mm. lock her up in a room she can't do anyone any harm everyone forgets about her and Absolutely, she dies yeah. quietly forgotten and that's what they did but just all of the nobles banding together she will not stand trial yes let's not let's not besmirch the name Absolutely. of all the nobles around or this one little incident of mass yep. killings wow i mean what else can you do at the time because it's all nobility and power and if she goes down you you drag Absolutely. the name of the family and all the wealth and all of the prosperity with it but oh my god she crazy she, oh yeah she, was she a deeply, deeply is crazy woman. proper psychopath and we have to be careful that we've had really good notes from uh from a listener actually about not yes. ever confusing the words psychotic and psychopath so if we ever do that please do check us but well maybe we just go with manic crazy killy bitch yeah that, that would work too yes that works too i mean obviously there is some element of mental health issues huge accounts of inbreeding and such like amongst the family there mm. are other 
<laughs> there was one account that I read. She had an aunt who was a lesbian, and that was put like evidence. No. Of, oh my god! Evidence of severe inbreeding, mental health issues going on there. My god! But there were the- lesbians <laughs> in the family. That was the biggest scandal. That was a bigger the bigger scandal. Who was just pulling people's fingers and tits off in the house? <laughs> Absolutely. The lesbian. Oh my god! She was hung, drawn, and quartered. The lesbian. There were, there were others who were satanists. Apparently, other batteries who were satanists. Um, and it all is said to stem from this just systematic inbreeding amongst these families to keep the power together. Yeah, I've heard stories, and again, it descends into legend, about the craziness of families. The amount of inbreeding leads to some pretty messed up stuff. Yes. And if you combine some maybe mental health issues, we should be acknowledging it. It's Mental Health Week. But also no one really treating them and also oh, sure. give them all the money and the power and treat people terribly in front of all these people. Yeah, that's not going to develop well. It's not a good combination. Especially if when you're 10 years old, you're taught to beat the hell out of your servants yeah. and show them discipline. And then you marry a man who is a warlord. Here, let's just make people fireworks for entertainment. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not It's not like it comes out of the blue for her, is no, it? No, not at all, not at all. No, I think it was there from a young age. <laughs> but, just, but just the extent oh, of it God. is somewhat terrifying. And the servants coming in and supporting her, I mean... You've got to assume this was the only way they I could I think survive. that's true for a number of them. Like the, the, the washwoman lady um, and perhaps some of the other ones. I mm. think there were a couple. I think that the Anna character, she's a very interesting character. There's a few things written about her. Yeah. In that she, com- she is portrayed as this, she appears out of nowhere as this sort of evil, evil presence. And is mm. one of the people responsible for Bathory's descent into utter craziness that could just be history portraying her in this horrendous light i don't know but she's certainly a very interesting interesting character and has got a terrifying reputation around her it's eerily we we see all the political dramas we know about the machinations of politics the struggle for people to keep power or to keep their position or to stay in favor it doesn't take a lot for people just to agree to terrible, terrible things. Absolutely. In this day and age, it's happening literally right now around the world. Yeah, if those people have come into her service and are thinking, okay, I can be cunning, I can just keep myself a nice position in this woman's household. All I have to do is whisper in her ear about the worst things that humanity could do. That she can do freely, yeah. Yeah, this is going to clearly curry favour. I'm going to do whatever it takes to survive and maybe enjoy myself at it. Mm. Eh, It speaks a lot for human nature. Unfortunately, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Which is is quite depressing. Peasants don't have a lot of choice, but also some of them thinking, okay, just take my child and my i child. will I'll get some take cash out your of it. money now how how true that particular tale is i don't know it was referenced a couple of times but it, mm. it does seem particularly despicable if that was accurate awful but who knows you know we're talking a very very long time ago yeah. how much of this is now folklore sure. has been blown out of proportion i'm i'm pretty certain and all the research that you've done and all the research that is out there is that elizabeth bathory did murder a lot of people and she was clearly crazy crazy killy bitch is this a case where things have really been blown out of proportion and she is so famous because she's a woman maybe so yeah absolutely because you you have you have other stories of nobles and things in power you have i'm going off on a tangent now slightly you have the tale <laughs> of um vlad the impaler for example yeah. who i will be covering in a future episode because i love that story as well Woo-hoo. um who was a historical character and who did entirely despicable horrible 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 things but is a lot less well known than mm. elizabeth bathory even though he did much more terrible things yeah vlad the impaler is associated 
associated mostly with Dracula. Oh, for, exactly. It's entirely a Bram Stoker <laughs> thing. As you said, the king wanted to blame everything on her. Mm. Wouldn't it be convenient after she died that these rumours and these stories would circulate and gather and gather and gather to strengthen his story? I'm going to take all of her land and yep. I'm going to make decisions based on her death that will further my position. Further my, my course, yes. Yeah. Indeed. Well, there we go. Elizabeth Bathory. Did she bathe in virgin's blood, people? No. No, she didn't. Okay, okay, fine, she didn't. I don't know why I'm latching on to that. Everyone associates... It is one of the major things about her story, is that that's what she did. The enduring image. Uh, that is the, yeah. the thing that everyone knows about her, and it's, it's unfortunately, it's not true. It's a great image, isn't it, of the, the absolute... Oh, for sure. ...horribleness of a murderer. And we may well use that particularly famous painting for, for this episode. Indeed. Well, what do you think, people? Elizabeth Bathory, what a great story. What a great historic character. Do you know the story? Do you have favourite legends that are associated with her? What do you think about all of this? What do you think about Elizabeth? What do you think about the family? What do you think about the peasants? What do you think about the torture techniques? Uh, sorry, mm. everyone. <laughs> yeah, perhaps should have put a, a warning out at the beginning. It's I, I think I'll put dark. a warning at the beginning of this because some people go, no, we were just here for the gentle poisoning slipped in your tea. Sorry. Not the pincer thing with the boobs. Not the boob pincers. No. <laughs> no, God, no. That's going to haunt my dreams. That's just bad. Yes. That's just bad on all levels. I mean, everything else was bad, <laughs> but that was... Especially bad. Doubly bad. No, I don't understand how. How either it's it's a lot of work no <laughs> well anyway if anyone else has strong feelings about this <laughs> jump on the comments on any of the social media posts for this episode and tell us what you think elizabeth battery i have never seen a film about elizabeth battery i know there are some out there i there think are. it's been tried it has anna friel, anna friel did one, one and it's utterly dreadful oh is it awful the the amazon series about lord did one an episode on her which is even more dreadful <laughs> oh no there are a lot of attempts out there but the ones i've seen are not good there's not a definitive one maybe there's a great novel about it you've obviously read a lot of books about it stories other podcasts that cover elizabeth bathory well share your recommendations for it because it's a great story and you know what guys write it you all get together (laughs) and write the film of elizabeth bathory we'll approve it and put our stamp on it and then hollywood will take that as read absolutely but do try the star cocktail the star cocktail so it'll be out on friday the recipe there it's not a difficult one there's three ingredients it is simplicity in itself give it a go it's really nice and it does look quite a lot like blood if you use the right red (laughs) vermouth tell us what you think of the cocktail share your cocktail pictures and tag us on social media and if you haven't already please 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 do come and join us on patreon we are having a whale of a time over there wonderful community chat a lot of people adding more chat on patreon it's brilliant at the moment so do come and join us if you have any questions about patreon you can dm us anytime and we will tell you about the setup for it don't forget we still have merch on teespring so go and see some exciting poisoners cabinets hoodies and t-shirts and all sorts of exciting things to proclaim your love for the poisonous cabinet and all things cocktaily. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the poisonous cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye. Bye.